0: Winnipeg fans across the U.S. and Canada, you're now boarding the Winnipeg Terminal. I'm Mike Dandria. This is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how we doing?
1: Oh, we're doing great. I was just outside having a soccer practice with my little boy because it is apparently May.
0: So. I was going to say, it ain't February 21st. I know that's what the calendar says, but I sure don't feel like it walking out the door. And I'm just going to put this out there right away because, yes, I know we lost a real heartbreaker to Calgary. Yes, I'm wearing a Flames jersey, but I hope that I can still be in the good graces of our uh, beautiful Winnipeg fan base because it is a Monahan jersey, and he's been our best player. Five goals in five games, you know, so I, I had to throw the Money Hands jersey on. I just, we've mentioned this right before the show, it's not very cheap to uh, change out the crest.
1: No, it's really not, uh, but apparently... To fix a power play, it costs you first <laughs> pick, and you get a new bumper. So apparently, they went to the mechanics.
0: I was going to say that's that's going to be one of the the main points of our show. You know, recapping these last couple of games, which you know, two of them went very well. Uh, one of them went extremely well, and that was the first one on this trip. But uh, one of them was it started out well, and then it ended up being a heartbreaker. So. Why not just kind of get, you know, clear the air and talk about how our power play and special teams in general seems to have really clicked the last three games. So, uh, I mean, it was it was a point of contention. You know, we're bottom of the barrel as far as power play and penalty kill are concerned. But it seems like we're really starting to tighten
1: things up. Are we even talking about the same team? (laughs) So, did, no, did, did. did we hop into a portal over the weekend and come out and start talking about a completely different team? Because that's what it feels like.
0: I was going to say, you know, it was, this This is kind of the, the sad thing, but I think it was the kick in the rear end that they needed. So, you know, I, I have a real estate job. I was driving up to Solon Springs, uh, which for those that don't know where that is, if you know where Duluth, Minnesota is, just across the border into Wisconsin is Superior Not too far from Superior is Solon Springs. So anyways, uh, it was the the matinee game against Calgary. And I am listening to the the radio on CJOB. And I hear Arneel talking about, he he just did not sugarcoat anything. And was just talking about how embarrassing the second period was. Because I was getting the, the second period on my way back. And I mean, it it was brutal, you know, it was, it was bad, but the way that Scott Arneal put it was very blunt. And it was funny because, you know, I, I hear on CJOB, there's going to be some words discussed in the locker room and we all know what that's code for. And I'm sure those words were spewing.
1: (laughs) No, they were probably, they probably consisted of a lot of four letter words and a lot of words that we can't say on this podcast because that would get us in trouble.
0: We'd lose the we'd lose some of the the sponsorships that we have. Royal Retro, shout out to you, um, and we will not be using those words that uh, were presumably used in the locker room, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, but the the game started out great. It was it was great to see. You know, this was something we talked about last week with Monahan going to Calgary. Now I know that he came from Montreal, but he obviously spent a few years in Calgary and always that team that gives you that first chance. That's the place that you're going to play your hardest at, I feel like personally anyways. I My, my NHL experience is nil, no, but uh, Oh, anyways. mine too, mine too. <laughs> yeah, we could all be armchair coaches, armchair players, and whatever have you, but I was just glad to see that come to fruition. It's just, would have been nice if the rest of the team showed up
1: yeah, uh, they've been playing so tightly defensively. They've had they had that long streak of under three goals, three goals or under for the longest time. It it was going to it was going to start to unravel just a little bit from there. Uh, it seems like over the past couple of games, Monday and Tuesday, uh, they were letting in a lot more quality chances than they have in a long time. So it. As one thing is fixed, another thing starts to leak a little bit. And that's just the nature of the beast. It's an, it's what, 82 game season. I, I mm-hmm. and like you that. you, know,
0: you got to figure too,
1: that, you know,
0: when you're uh, stepping it up offensively, because, you know, we were talking before about how scoring has been hard to come by. Well, that hasn't necessarily been the case on this last stretch of game scoring has been pretty easy to come by for the most part. Uh, but you do risk that tight defensive style of play, which hasn't really been the, the Jets' way in past years. You know, it's always been that they've been trying to outscore their problems on the blue line, it feels like. Uh, but now this year, it seems like they really tried to tighten up defensively. And now that their scoring has kind of fallen into that slump, they tried to mitigate that and you know get, get the scoring back in line, get the D involved a little bit more on the offense. But when that happens, that's when you're going to give up more of those grade-A chances, and it seems like that's what happened. And you can't necessarily fault Helly for his streak, which was amazing going back to early November, but you can't really fault him for that streak coming to an end.
1: No, and, and it seems like some of the players that are still – being held off the score sheet are also some of the players that are having a little bit of a struggle defensively because their head's trying to get back in the offensive game. And that's when the defense slips from time to time is when you're uber focused on one part of the game, the other parts of the game are harder to come by. So it's, and, and it's been talked about some players are taking, are getting games off here and there, getting talked to about their, lately their performance hasn't been what they're what's expected and that's also one of those things that you're not going to have you're not going to play your a game 82 games out of the year but i like to see that the play that isn't that isn't up to standard being addressed as opposed to okay well we'll just see we'll just wait for them to bounce back well i like to see it being addressed even even if even if it's going to take a little time to fix it again
0: and and uh, Cole Perfetti has entered the chat. Uh, you know that's I,
1: I was trying not to name names. Uh, he's one of those <laughs> that I've noticed uh, in reading articles and following the team as closely as I've been lately. Yeah, that's a name that's been coming up. As okay, not performing offensively. They have questions about his as right now, but that's going to turn around, especially with a guy like Perfetti, young professional. He's going to have he's going to take some bumps and bruises to learn how to mm-hmm. be an NHL pro.
0: Right. And he's a small he's a guy that's smaller in stature. And, you know, you said it perfect when you said a young athlete, a young professional. You know, he's he's still a real young kid and he's got a lot of upside. He's not like, you know, one of your uh, top superstars like Connor Bedard or whatever. But he's still a young kid. And now he's facing adversity. And it's how he overcomes that adversity to see what kind of player he's going to be when entering his prime, because yeah, he's had some great games. He's had some great stretches in the past, but he's also injury prone. He's a smaller kid. I don't think he's quite entered his prime just yet. And it'll be really interesting to see how he overcomes this adversity to see what kind of NHL player he's going to be too. Cause I think that if he overcomes this, he's going to be, he's going to be a stud and I could see it. So, you know, I'm not that Cole Perfetti is watching this right now, but if he is, then, uh, you know, keep your head up, kid. You're going to do great things.
1: Yeah, what is he, 22 or 23? And he's on on the second line on a team that's fighting for first place in the Central Division. Nothing mm-hmm. to shake a stick at there. Yeah,
0: seriously. And, I mean, with a, a very forward-heavy core that we've had, remember, again, years past, we've had a very, very top-heavy forward. We're not, like, Toronto level, but, like, we were getting pretty close to that by trying to, again, outscore our problems on the blue line. Really, once Buff kind of left us, that was when the issues on the blue line started. But uh, now it seems like those have tightened up, and then you know we're kind of going through that whole rigmarole of just trying to find the identity that they need to have, kind of finding that balance. And I think that we saw a little bit more of that in the Vancouver game uh, than either of the other two in that stretch, of course, the one against Calgary, it was, put it this way, it was very nice to have a game the very next day. Those are the days that you want that back-to-back because you don't dwell on it for a couple of days.
1: Right. You know? It was nice to be able to shake that one off right away. Mm-hmm.
0: And it helps to, uh, you know, come up with a, a big victory against, you know, Central Division rival. And, uh, I mean, Minnesota, they they are that team that's, Kind They've got something to play for right now. They've got everything to play for, really. Uh, but this is just like the, the conversation we had about the Penguins. They are going to be that thorn in the side, no matter how good we are or bad they are. There's just some teams that are always that tough game. And Minnesota is one, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's blossoming into a great regional rivalry, too. Mm-hmm.
0: I think what sparked it was that run that we had uh in at well when we made it to the Western Conference final uh and got bounced but uh when we bounced Minnesota in that first round what was it five games uh that was uh that I think is what really ignited this rivalry because it was always there but it was kind of just one of those like okay they're in the same division so they've got something to play for there but it wasn't exactly very heated up until that playoff series. And ever since, it gets nasty. And I like the the battle of the 17s with uh, Felino and Lowry. You know, that's that's always a, a fun matchup watching those two guys go toe-to-toe.
1: Yeah, and even last night when it was, uh, it, the you could tell the rivalry was there, but it was kind of at a dull roar stage. It was still there. The fans bought into it. Hardcore it was one of the louder crowds I've heard this year mm-hmm. uh, Just nice nice to see Nice to see that Nice to see that kind of e- Even when there's not a lot of activity In a game that has There was a fight there was A, a check or two that were Questionable but nothing Nothing like the uh, New Year's Day Back to back or the New yeah, Year's I, Day uh, Nothing <laughs> like that But you could tell there was tension the entire game
0: For sure and I'm laughing at the the fight because I don't know if you saw this was something I didn't really notice. But uh, did you see the ghost punch that landed on Stanley?
1: No, I was just kind of, I was kind of like, well.
0: Someone someone shared that I didn't really pay attention. Like I, you know, I didn't pay attention that closely or whatever. Someone shared it on like the uh, Winnipeg Jets fan group page on Facebook, and. He's like, I don't know what happened, but he's like grabbing jersey or whatever, and then all of a sudden it looked like he got hit, and there was not a punch thrown. And it was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. And of course, it's, you know, Mr. So-coordinated-on-skates that he's going to sit on Kirill Kaprizov.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and... and... And what preceded the fight, too, was one of the weirder hits I've ever seen. It looked like the Minnesota defender was taking was taking Shifley into the boards, realized they were getting close to the boards, like tries to keep Shifley from falling into the boards and actually gets a holding penalty for it. Mm-hmm. And then Shifley still falls forward into the boards, and that causes, oh, well, we better protect our captain, our alternate captain, anyway. Better protect our, one of our star scorers. Mm-hmm.
0: So. And I mean, I... I like the idea of standing up for your alternate captain for one of your top players, of course. Um, but,
1: but then the see, yeah. Like seeing it live at live, it's like, okay, that makes sense. And then seeing the replays afterwards, it's like, okay, that was actually just really, really awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he like apologized too, which yeah, was yeah. the interesting thing. So it's like, yeah. Okay, and you could see,
1: and you And I forget who the, who the Minnesota player was offhand, the name, but um, yeah. Like, okay. You want to fight? We want really we're going to do this. Okay, fine. I'll just knock I'll knock you down. We'll cool. get down with this.
0: It's almost like you remember when George Larocque was in the league and he would like always ask like you sure you want to do this before they drop the gloves. And like that was always the the best. Like I mean dude was he could take Ryan Reeves if I'm being honest and uh but like in his prime anyways, maybe not necessarily right. today. Uh but I just thought it was so funny. He would always ask, like, you sure you want to do this? You, you sure you
1: want to? And, and I'd love for, for if one of those responses was, I really don't, but I kind of have to. So let's just get <laughs> this over with, right? I'm sure that's probably what was
0: going through their minds. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> like, no, I actually don't want to, but, like, I, 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 I'm going down to the AHL if I don't do this. So let's go.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you you know me. So this is—I uh, always try to find everybody. I think at this point knows that in uh, NFL football, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, so I'm going to relate this to the Steelers, right? They're talking about uh, you know all of these quarterback rumors, like oh quarterback, this quarterback is tied to the Steelers, this quarterback is tied to the Steelers, blah 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 blah. And it's what quarterback isn't at this point. And uh, anyways, me being a Steelers fan, knowing how they operate. They are going to do that whole same thing where like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to by keeping Kenny Pickett because they don't want to admit that they wasted a first round draft pick, not to mention Pickett is a pit grad. So it's just one of those things that if he didn't go to Pitt, he would have been ran out of that city by now.
1: Or he might not have even been drafted by the Steelers in the first place.
0: At least not in the first round, no, <laughs> but too proud to admit it. Just like, uh, you know, we were talking about fights against George LaRock.
1: somehow, related we've, that we've, that to the team of, of uh, GMs are going to stick by their decisions because they don't want to admit they've screwed something up, mm-hmm. and or they don't want to admit that hey, maybe I overpaid for this, but. It's my reputation on the line, so I'm not going to cut bait quite yet.
0: Which is why I've actually come to respect some of the moves that Chevy has done. Uh, because it, it seems like at face value, every year in free agency, every single year, it's like, oh, you know, this big name is available. This guy's available. You know, we could uh, we could sign him and he would fit this team perfect. Never go for him. But he'll sign a guy like. Sam Gagne, you know, and all of a sudden he becomes a key piece to the the franchise for that year, even though he's a depth player. And it's like all of these signings or trades, like Nemesnikov, for example, that's another one that like he has become a real key piece to the team. And tried him at second line center while he is a, sure.
1: a guy that could make second line center work if he had to. Yeah, exactly. He's so much more valuable on the fourth line. Cause he's got between second and third line skill and you're putting him on the fourth line. Well, he's going to be better than the fourth He's facing. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And He makes that fourth line better too. And, uh, you know, it's just like those, those are the, the signings, the trades, the, the draft picks that don't seem to make sense. And, you know, I can actually appreciate, uh, you know, what, how he's handled uh, Billy Hanala because I, I've been one of those that's like, Oh, come on, just give him like the fair chance, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he's not going to throw him because he's very injury prone. He's a small guy too, uh, just like Perfetti. But uh, you know, he's had a lot of injuries and, You know, they're just kind of like the whole coaching staff, the whole front office is like it's not really fair to throw him into it to just be like, oh, I'll sink or swim. They want to set him up for success. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he was a 10th overall, uh, but, you know, you don't you don't want to see him bust. So, like, I can appreciate how they've handled him.
1: Right, and then again, you got the depth issue going on, too. I mean, they lost Chisholm because they didn't have room for him. Mm-hmm. Who's, who, who else are you losing because you want to give this guy a shot?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, with uh, Tony Nato and uh, Janssen Fialbi on waivers, both of them on waivers made me think, like, oh, man, someone's – one of these guys is going to get picked up. But uh, it's, it's nice to – to
1: see the boys in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a that just adds the complexity of the job when you have to worry about okay, that's nice I have this piece, but where does he fit and who am I losing? What's my opportunity cost to give this guy a shot? And what happens if he doesn't work? Because I know what I've got going right now works so far. So, why am I messing with it?
0: And it's, you know, it's nice to have the trade pieces too for the the deadline because I mean they're they're kind of in this win now mentality it seems like they're 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 too good right now to tank um, you know third in the central but they've got three games in hand uh, so and and three very very winnable games all against uh, central division rivals uh, you know they have that coming up that can easily put them back in first place. In the central. And I mean, we've seen them they took down the top team in the league too in this recent stretch. And that that was a fantastic game. I think that is probably the most complete game that they've played all year. They played some great ones uh throughout the season, but that one in particular, I think was the best this year that I've seen.
1: Yeah, and the only one I could think of that might match it is when they beat Boston five one earlier this year.
0: Hmm. yeah that one was uh and i'm sure awesome. we're
1: missing a few because i mean what they've played 50 games at this point but yeah i mean those two stick out to me as those were really dang good games if they play like that they're gonna win the cup
0: yeah they they very well could i mean they're the way they played on saturday they could beat anyone uh the way they played on monday maybe the first ten minutes they looked uh, you know, like a team that could beat anyone, or at least Sean Monaghan did, but um mm. you know, the the rest of that game was, was brutal. But the game against Minnesota, that one I I'm cautiously optimistic after that one because it was it was a good six to three win, but I mean it was uh it, it could have went the other way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we were talking before the show. And I said it, that game wouldn't have surprised me if it was a six to three Minnesota win. Uh, Bereswad did a hell of a job uh, yeah. with some high with some high leverage chances, mm-hmm. and the Jets scored every time they had a real good opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. They they were actually able to finish on the play, which again, when they were in that scoring drought, it was nice when they were winning games while they were still in the midst of that drought because they were given up you know, one, two goals a game and maybe managing to get a one, nothing win or a two to one win. But, you know, one of the, the key takeaways from this road trip, you know, putting up four against Vancouver still, even though it was a, a rough second, two periods for the jets on Monday, it was still nice to put up three against Calgary and then to put up six against Minnesota, 13 goals in three games. That's solid, you know. That's yeah. pretty incredible.
1: <laughs> even with their five-on-five five play having tailed off some, because that was unsustainable, keeping it that good for that long. Right. The power play is working, and all yeah. it took. They still they're still running the same structure, as far as my uneducated eye can tell. They're still running the same power play structure. It's just they put Monahan in the in the center bumper position, and his movements are opening opportunities for everybody else whereas earlier this season before Monaghan it just seemed like whoever was in the middle wasn't there was nobody was moving at all Mm -hmm. it just felt like they were okay you're here pass 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 try to get the open try to get an open shot with the passes but the defense didn't really have to react to that because they had it covered and nobody was making them come out of their square Mm -hmm. and that's and kind all it took like, was a little bit of a change. We're not talking about a dramatic change either. Right. But Monahan moving more than what they had before in that spot is opening up everything.
0: Oh, for sure. And it adds another dimension to the power play and, you know, getting everyone involved in it and not making too many passes. That's been an issue and, you know, to the the uneducated, we've already talked about this that my NHL experience is nothing. Uh, but you know, it seems like their issue had been overpassing and not just finishing on the play. And these last three games, there must've been some sort of conversation in the locker room because it seems like they're not trying to go for the pretty goal. They're just trying to go for the goal. And that's what you need, especially later in the season. And, you know, if you can't just go for the goal and, The postseason, if you're just trying to net the pretty goals, you're going to get swept.
1: Oh, yeah. They must have also worked on the tip drill lately because that's Mm -hmm. where they're getting a lot of these power play goals or even just five on fives. Get a body in front of the net, redirect the puck, and profit. And,
0: you know, we were talking right before the show, too. I mentioned goal differential, and I'll kind of use this to segue to get into uh, our upcoming games. But... Even with all the scoring woes, still a plus 37 goal differential for the Jets. So I wouldn't say that that's that's so bad. Got uh, 73 points out of 54 games. uh, One point behind Colorado. They're 57 games, so three games in hand. Dallas first plays 76 points. So three points behind, three games in hand for them as well. And again, these next three games are very winnable. As for St. Louis that's they've got uh, 60 points in 55 games goal differential of minus 10 so that one i think that's going to be our toughest in this stretch because arizona and chicago arizona's goal differential minus 18 but they have 50 points in 55 games and chicago will just rag on them 80 minus 81 for the goal differential 33 points in 56 games that is just fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Chicago, Chicago teams not scoring makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you just it's love just to a see general them general rule in my life.
0: Yeah. Don't you just love to see them at the bottom of the standings? Of course. So as far as what we can expect for this game on Friday, uh our best, and I mean we've already said this, but uh best player that we've had. Sean Monahan, five goals in five in the last five games. Last five games, Nick Foligno, three goals for Chicago. Kyle Connor, six assists in the last five games, so he's really stepping up too. Uh, and six points for Kuroshev in uh, it, for Chicago in the last five games. As far as points, Gabriel Villardi, eight points in five games, and then Philip Kuroshev has seven points in five games that's pretty good too but i mean what was it last week we were talking two goals in the last five games three points in the last five games now it's like we have a goal per game player and we have more points per game more than one point per game uh for
1: and a a natural hat trick built into that too in a game we lost so
0: (laughs) yes uh, now, as far as uh, the goaltending comparison, Peter Mrazek looks to be the, uh, the starter. Uh, 2.99 goals against. That's not good. Uh, 2.20 for Hellebuck. 9.25 save percentage to Mrazic's 9.09. Hellebuck's three shutouts to Mrazic's one. So I think that uh, as long as we have Heli starting, Brosois has also been... Uh, playing very, very well. 228 goals against, 920 save percentage. No shutouts yet, but we'll get there. Maybe we can have one this Friday.
1: Nah, he did a heck of a job last night, even with the three goals. Mm-hmm. It, felt like the, it felt like in the middle of the third last night that there was a bit of a defensive breakdown for a while. Middle right,
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, season series. Winnipeg's got two games to Chicago's one. The one that uh, Chicago had was in Chicago, it was in overtime. That was on December twenty seventh. So this one at the uh, at the United Center should be a good one to watch. And looking at our upcoming game against Arizona, looks like uh, well, of course, we've already talked about the uh, the boys in blue. Nick Buenstead, two goals in the last five games. So that's kind of what we were talking about before for the Jets. J.J. Moser, three assists in the last five games. And Matt Dumbo, that's a familiar face right there, four points in the last five games. So that one, I think the way that Arizona has been playing, I think that one's very winnable too. Uh, But – an interesting stat, as far as goaltending is concerned, Connor Ingram, five shutouts this year, nine twelve save percentage, but a two seventy six goals against average, which isn't bad. I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. You know, no,
1: especially with what's going on around him, and it feels like the air's kind of come out of their out of their balloon lately with the fact that they're still struggling to find a place to play.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a distraction too. And well, you got to think like relocation, are we going to get a new place here? And, you know, you see the rumors about, what was it? I think uh, Salt Lake city.
1: City. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that would be kind of cool, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. I mean, Houston, there's plenty of places on the board that could be involved here, but Houston, that would would make so much sense. Yeah. Especially with Dallas, Natural oh, yeah. there. You're also not messing with even Salt Lake City wouldn't mess with the geography too much, but like Houston's right. a geographical fit for the for that. A larger city. Like it's clearly clearly something's got to be done in in Phoenix, in the Phoenix area. Either they got to sell to one, to a group that knows what they're doing, or they got to get out. It's just not working, and it's not been working for twenty years. So.
0: Yeah, this is just a failed
1: expedition. Yeah, Uh, and And an experiment that's been given a lot of time.
0: (laughs) And, you know, this is something, too, that I've had this conversation many of times. You think about the, uh, like, geography of each of the divisions, right? You have the Metropolitan, that one is kind of self-explanatory uh you know that one makes all the geographic sense in the world teams don't really have to go that far relatively speaking of course uh the atlantic i mean there's the the outliers in florida but you know it's the atlantic division so that naturally that would span you know north to south right Mm -hmm. and then you have the pacific all in the west right and then you have the central division that's the rest of the freaking continent. Like you, you are stretching from Arizona to Nashville to central Canada to Texas and everywhere in between. It's like these teams in the central have so far to go. It's not even funny.
1: No, having being able to do a Dallas Houston back to back would take a lot of miles off of teams.
0: Hmm. I think the the whole concept of like super divisions like 18 divisions I don't know I think that that's just too big I think they should probably go to like what the NFL has you know the four team divisions and think about what that would do for rivalries like imagine you know we, we talked about The Winnipeg Minnesota rivalry and how that started to heat up after that one playoff series. Imagine playing Minnesota more times out of the year and how that would heat up. Imagine watching more battles of Alberta. How, I mean, that game is always fun to watch. Uh, You know, just imagine that more Penguins Flyers games, you know, those storied rivalries, Boston Montreal. I just think that's a no-brainer, but that's just me.
1: That might be fun to explore. That seems like something that my nerd brain would like to wrap itself around.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wish, but hey, what do I know? I I don't. I'm not the talking bobblehead. That is the NHL Commission.
1: Well, uh, and and not to we're not going to sit on this subject for a while, but it's like the appeal came out for the Riley thing, and like. A lot of the things he said, it's like, yeah, I agree with that, which means I'm questioning all my life decisions right now. <laughs> hmm.
0: It is kind of, I think it's so funny when Bedman walks out at like draft day or something or presenting the Stanley Cup and he just gets the boo birds.
1: 30 years and a lot of questionable decisions will do that.
0: Oh, and I think a lot of the Canadian fan base probably has uh, a lot more questions than fan bases in the states, and even they have a lot too.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not been not a lot of being able to stay out of the public eye when it comes to that kind of thing. And
0: you know, uh, we were just talking before about failed experiments. Uh how about all the rumors that are linking another NHL team to Atlanta and I I look at that and say okay fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me what do you do when you fool me three times bring another team to Canada because that's I, I hate fun. that
1: less than trying continue to try in Phoenix honestly um I think the first Atlanta team got sold to a group from Calgary There's a lot more behind that. The ownership group started not getting along with the league over various decisions. If they had had another ownership group in Atlanta, they were doing okay. It's just the owner had to get out and get out quick to keep his to keep his investment. So that one is a little bit off, off, off of the beaten path. The thrashers were a little bit more of a mess and yeah, it was probably not going to work, but only giving it, the time they had, and with all the crappy teams they had, you really didn't have a fair sense of that either. So, that's I could fair. see giving that one more shot as opposed to continuing to try in Phoenix, because that's been thirty years of failure straight up. So, they've I had guess they've had more time in Phoenix than the NHL's had in Atlanta, and they cut. That Payton is in actually LA. a very good point.
0: That right. is a very and good and the point. first
1: one wasn't even really a we're failing in Atlanta. It was more like the ownership group had to sell and the best opportunity to sell was Calgary. So
0: it kind of makes me laugh that they kept the name uh, because you know, flames, Atlanta, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But now when you think Calgary flames, Calgary, it, that's like a huge oil area. So are you talking about, like, burning your city down? <laughs> or, like, what are we talking or, here?
1: Or burning down your rivals, if you think of it that way.
0: Yeah, it's true, too. You got the Oilers, but <laughs> either way. Yeah, uh,
1: there's also been te- teams that make a lot less sense after they've been moved and keep the same name, so I can't get upset with the Flames.
0: That's fair. So, now, you've you've educated me on, what was it, Eau Claire Street, I think, or the Eau Claire neighborhood or Eau something Eau, that's Eau, in Calgary? Mm -hmm. Uh, you've, you've educated me on that. So educate me on why, I think I know why, but I want to make sure why the Packers, why they have their name, the Packers. Is it because of the dairy cheese industry, like cheese Packers?
1: It's because Curly Lambeau took money from his employer, the Acme Packing Company, to fund the football team. Oh, okay. Right. Because Curly had been at Notre Dame. Once, like one football season, played with Newt Rockney, but had to, but came home to Green Bay and started working for the packing company. Still wanted to play football. There were town teams all over the place. I mean, Racine had teams, the Milwaukee had teams, there were teams all over the place. Oh, okay, Claire had a team, didn't they? Uh, uh, actually, Don Hudson's first game, if I'm not mistaken, happened at the Chippewa Falls Fairgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's so because cool. even in the 30s, the NFL wasn't big enough to go, we're too big for the town teams. You're not. Play- we're not going to play you anymore. Like, yeah, another 10 years they were there, but they weren't there yet. They were barnstorming throughout Wisconsin to make money for the season. Hmm. First stop, Chippewa Falls.
0: That's actually awesome. <laughs> huh.
1: Learn something new every day. Which is a hop, skip, and a jump from your favorite brewery line in Kugels.
0: Yep, and pretty soon I'll be able to have an alcoholic beer again. But for now, still doing the just the haze, the non-alcoholic. But my dry February, and of course I have an extra day this year. uh, Of course, one
1: extra day. Yeah,
0: just one extra day. But uh, heck, this was an extra month. It was supposed to be just a dry January, and ends up being a dry February too. But next Friday, I can actually have some line and Kugels again. But maybe lineys can get on the N.A. bandwagon for dry January next year. That'd be and great. I guarantee you they would, you know, they would probably make so much off of that.
1: Except what about where we live implies anybody wants to be dry. I mean, there's,
0: I've seen a few dry January, like dry January patrons around here, but probably not as much as I guess they, they could, if they wanted to, Localize it, but I mean it's wine and Kugels. They have them all over the place. Yeah, that's true. When I was in, uh, when I lived in Bismarck, um, I was kind of sad because they didn't have Honey Vice at uh, any of the bars there. But I lived right by an Applebee's, so I would um, go there on Friday nights and. They had, um whatchamacallit in the summer, they had Summer Shandy. So I was like, oh, I love this because they had everything when I lived in St. Cloud. You know, St. Cloud only two two uh, two and a half hours from Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. Mm-hmm. But uh then when I moved away, I Bismarck is about eight hours from here. And the only thing that they had in Lainey's was Summer Shandy. And, of course, that's only in the summer unless you go to, like, Loopies around here. <laughs> My favorite thing is to, have you ever mixed, and I'm sure you probably have going to the Liney Lodge, but getting their pink lemonade where you mix the Berry Vice and the Summer Shandy. Have you ever done that?
1: I have not done that, but I'll have to.
0: That is, I, I've asked for that at Loopy's a few times just because I love it so much at the Lodge. And, oh man, you know what? We should we should go for a Liney's or a Loopy's sponsorship.
1: I mean, we talk about them enough. Hey, I most of our audience has absolutely no idea what we're talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. usually, they, well, usually, that that happens when I talk about this kind of thing at home. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> you know, we could uh, we could you know help Line and Kugels out by attracting some of the Canadian viewership to come to Chippewa Falls and enjoy a delicious Line and Kugels beverage, and we I, I boost do know their at least,
1: I do know at least two people from the Winnipeg area that have told me that they've come to Chippewa Falls and experienced Kugels. So one of them happened to work for the Bombers, at least yeah. for a time and was actually one of the people that helped with event planning and taking the great cup around when they had won it. Hmm. So so the great cup
0: went to Chippewa Falls.
1: No, no, oh. but he went to Chippewa Falls when he wasn't carting the great cup around. Ah, gotcha. And he loved, and he loves the Shandy.
0: Well, who doesn't? (laughs) I don't think you can eat that beer. But. um, And it's also
1: in the same family as Bolson Coors. So, I mean, our Canadian. That is true. So, and Coors. I see them all the time up there. You know, I went uh, when last time I
0: went to Winnipeg was uh, about halfway through December. And met up with a group of buddies and it was kind of funny so after the game that was on that Saturday night we went out and grabbed a couple of drinks at the bar and um, I I go in and I had to like use the bathroom or whatever so I, I get to the table and I'm like, hey waitress comes back get me a Canadian or whatever and so you know I come back he said that he had ordered it waitress comes by and she's like a canadian and i i raised my hand and i felt really awkward with that like you know because obviously uh, you're you not know, i was going to say i live in wisconsin but um anyways then the guy next to me he just points out he's like oh the american gets a canadian makes all the sense in the world eh <laughs> i was I'm like, trying okay, to remember i was waiting for that
1: it was a oh. museum somewhere. The last time my wife was up in Winnipeg, it was a, one of the museums downtown, a smaller one. Mm-hmm. Can't remember. It wasn't the human rights one that wasn't built at that point. Although that's a place to go. If you want to, if you want to hate human nature for a while, yeah. it's very well done. Although I did love the view from up top, looking down into Shaw park. That's a place I need to go. Oh sometimes. yeah. It looks like baseball heaven. I just haven't, I've never been able to sync up the bombers and, the Gold Eyes at the same time because I'm usually coming a week after the Gold Eyes are done because of Banjo Bowl. Yeah. But yeah, we were going to one of the smaller museums because my buddy always likes to find something new in the city to do when we go up there. And yeah. she asked where the bathroom was and like, and the person at the desk goes, don't you mean the washroom? <laughs> and it took me like 10 years before I'd said the word bathroom in Canada again. <laughs>
0: What's funny is, like, I I see some things that will say, like, washroom and others that say restroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I never really know what to call it there. Like, I I hear it both ways, too. And it's like, when you say washroom, like, some people will, will look at you funny. And then when you say restroom, it seems like you say it in front of the wrong people. And then they look at you kind of weird, like, you mean the washroom. You don't go in there to rest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm used to being looked at funny, so it doesn't really phase me. That at this point.
0: <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, you know, uh, guess we got a little bit of bombers news to take care of before we land this
1: plane. Just a tiny bit of it. So it's really a wasn't a bomber intense show because it really hasn't been a bomber intense week. But they did sign a right tackle and Eric Lofton from the Riders to try to fill in for Jamarcus Hardrick. So we'll see how that goes. We were talking last week about uh what options they had. It looks like they have somebody in mind and we'll see how that goes. It's going to we'll we'll know by July if that was a good call or not, I think.
0: I was just about to ask, what are your thoughts on it? Too early to tell. Well, I mean, of course, it,
1: it's too early to tell. I'm not a big fan of how the Riders offensive line has performed over the past few years. Well, actually I am, which means I'm didn't well. <laughs> Makes
0: sense,
1: but on the other hand, coaching goes a long way, and different mm, schemes might like fit different players. I saw my Ryder fan friends love the fact that we had Lofton, so that was a negative feel for me. But at the same time, it's like, well, if he's if if they're not doing things right in Regina as far as getting the most out of their players, maybe the Bombers could bring something out that they didn't know they had.
0: This is very possible. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, like you said, coaching goes a long way. It's, that's kind of across the board and could that be the issue that Monaghan had in Montreal? Like, I mean, sure. He was kind of struggling at the very end of his tenure in Calgary, but look at what he's done since he got to Winnipeg, you know, he's lighting the world on fire, no pun intended uh, with the way that he's been playing. So, you know, maybe it's the, the bonus, Style, the bonus touch, or something, but
1: or he, good t- or better telling around him.
0: Yeah, well, that's also true, but I mean, could be the bonus bonus. Put him. In- Precisely. <laughs> I had to. I was like, I, yep. I said bonus a couple of times. How to so.
1: practice those dad jokes? That's coming pre- pretty soon.
0: Oh, it could be any day now. Like. I mean, 37 weeks tomorrow, but uh, yeah, watching the, the baby kick, yeah, it's like, whew, eh, He's she's ready to, to come on out. <sighs> well, you got That's any closing thoughts?
1: On beyond, beyond get ready for a wild adventure? Uh, not really. <laughs> we had our
0: wild adventure.
1: <laughs>
0: but I'm six to three. It's a hockey
1: joke. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Yep, you got to tell as many dad jokes as you can before they realize that maybe these aren't the best jokes to be telling. Daddy, stop it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, got plenty I'm of gonna time give it, I was going to say, I'm going to give it four years because, you know, of course, the first year, not going to be able to talk and – then the second year, like, oh, daddy's talking to me. And then third year, it's like, haha, that's funny. And then year four, dad, stop.
1: <laughs> and and then they start talking and don't stop.
0: Yeah. So you don't
1: have to worry about talking. You just try to fill in the gaps every once in a while.
0: That's kind of what my parents did with me. So now that I'm on the other side of it, I think I can uh, I can appreciate that. <laughs> Well, that should uh, that should be it to land this puppy, unless you got something else. But I think that we're all set. We got our Jets. We talked about uh, you know what we had this past week, the decent stretch that we had. I'm not going to call it great because that game against Calgary wasn't so great. Uh, but we have some very winnable games ahead, and we'll be I would back say here four
1: next four of six points is acceptable for that road trip.
0: I would say so. Yeah, and
1: we've uh, got uh, road trip plus Minnesota back to back. So
0: yeah. So I think that uh, I think it was pretty solid and we've got some winnable games ahead. And I think that we'll go from there. What do you say?
1: I say it. I I say I'm liking things. I I feel like things are better this week than they were last week as far as the outlook goes. And just hopefully, okay, now that we remember we can score, let's just make sure that we tighten down on defense again.
0: That sounds like a plan. Let's hope that uh, they can find their identity in these next couple of games. And we'll be back here next week to, Tell you a little bit more about it and break down those details. But for the time being, this is the Winnipeg Terminal, clear for landing. For the dub, go Jets go.